Big Dude said something about power. I want power. He looked around quickly, as if daring someone to make fun of him. Yeah, another youth laughed. All of us want power. You'd have to be a dope to say no when somebody offers you something like that. Froyster smiled at them. No one gives it to you. You have to earn it. But it's real. I promise you that. The first young man used the side of his hand to wipe his nose again, then aimed the same forefinger at Froyster. Then show us, man. We see, we believe. Got that? Of course. With the merest flick of will, Froyster turned into a puff of smoke. The newcomers gasped. A couple of them broke for the door, but were easily restrained by Gergen and the old members. Froyster regarded them through the haze with pleasure, seeing them tremble but with fascination growing in their eyes. As the astonished youths watched, he turned from a formless cloud into a stream that poured itself into the decorative chimney at the top of the stifle lamp. Froyster had a cloudy view through the translucent white shade as a few of the boldest rushed forward to paw the air where he had stood and to examine the lamp itself. Gergen kept all of them from handling the lamp too much. They exclaimed over it, jostling each other to get close, scared but more impressed by the moment. After allowing the wonder time to sink in, Froyster re-manifested the smoke and solidified on the other side of the crowd. Well, he asked, hands out for applause as they spun to face him. There was a moment when the young men breathed in and out, then shouted all at once. I want to do that too, the shuffler exclaimed. That's bad. Me too. Way cool. Me man, listen to me, me first. Froyster smiled. He nodded to Gergen, who stepped forward with a box full of wristbands. Very well then, if you want to join our little group, we would be delighted to welcome you, Froyster said. Here is the insignia of your membership, your union card, so to speak. Boys jostled each other to grab pairs of the steel blue wristlets out of the box. In a moment, I'll ask you to put them on and repeat after me the guild oath. I, your name, swear eternal fealty to the spirit of the lamp and will obey the words of my master in exchange for eternal life and eternal power as a duly sworn member of the genie, demons, and ifrits guild. Master. I don't like this master stuff, said one dark-skinned youth edging back to the wall next to a vertigrized bronze sculpture of a cherub and dolphin on a seashell. The cherub looked up at him, blank-eyed. I ain't never gonna call no one master. Well, it's part of the oath, young man. Who will you take orders from? Froyster asked. He took up a pair of bracelets and held them out temptingly, easing closer to the young man with the grace of a stalking panther. You can't turn into smoke or do any of the other wonders without taking the oath of membership. He stopped at arm's length and jingled the steel rings in his hand. The young man stared at them, fascinated. I don't know, my parents, my teachers, sometimes. He admitted with a sheepish turn of his head. My mama, mostly. That's easy, Froyster said understandingly. The bands clinked together sensuously. Swear to obey the orders of the mother of your lamp. So long as it is an oath you will keep, the lamp will not care. I guess that's okay, the young man said. He snatched the bracelets off Froyster's palm and weighed them in his hand. I can really turn into smoke with these? Every time. The young man's face split in a brilliant white grin. Cool. The change of wording in the oath seemed to be acceptable to a lot of the newcomers. All of them had mothers. Froyster and a couple of the old-timers exchanged meaningful glances. Things had changed a lot since the old days. There were improvements, like being able to choose any lamp as one's domicile, 
Froyster vastly preferred a clean electric fixture instead of the traditional brass Persian slipper shape filled with rancid oil. But there were also departures, like having to change the ancient oaths to suit the new sensitivity. With the deepest misgivings in his heart, he continued, Choose a lamp that no one else is standing beside. He waited until the crowd sorted itself out. He thought there might be a violent argument over a handsome French table model, but de novo steered the second competitor toward an identical lamp in a corner.